0: So the second half of the show is depending on how long you're willing to ask us questions, basically. So we're going to send two mics into the stay into the crowd. You can ask us villa things, non-villa things, whatever you want. So who wants to go first? Oh, right in the front, lovely.
1: John, this is for you. Um, at the last one I came to, I asked about Emi Buendia. I remember. Yeah, I remember. And I said to him, what do you think he'll he really kick on with Unai Emery? and we, we started playing more games but then we've seen obviously lately he's not in the squad or in the starting 11 what do you think he's going to do next season do you think he's going to be a key player or do you think he's going to be more that coming on and coming off type player
2: there's going to be more competition with places especially in that position we know Villa want to sign a striker, which may be competition with Watkins. Maybe Emery wants to do something different at the top of the pitch and play two strikers, Watkins and someone else, and they can dovetail. But you would have thought that there's going to be a more creative player, someone in the ilk of Buende that's signed as well. So his game time will possibly be cut, but Villa might be playing in excess of 50 games next season, so he'll still be playing a lot. I'm a big fan of his because he's always trying something, and I think you can never take that away from those creative players. Like someone like a uh, Kevin De Bruyne, for example, he'll always try something, he might not work all the time, but more often than not, it does because he's that good. For Buende, it hasn't quite happened for him this season in terms of his output. I think he's only got a handful of assists and goals. For the amount of chances he produces and the amount of positions he gets into in the final third, you'd expect that to be more. So I think next season... Or I wouldn't say it's an opportunity even missed for him under Emery at all. But at the same time, I think he is probably a bit frustrated himself that he didn't take that opportunity as much as what he might have liked because next season, as I say, the Villa are going to go big in the summer and competition for places will impact what he does next year. So, will he be a key player? Yes, I think he will. Or he can be, but he needs to show it.
0: Hi guys, my name's Steve. Thanks for all you do on the podcast. Love the show. Thanks for this evening. It's been great. Uh, We all know that Unai Emery's made a massive difference to the Villa but if you were to sort of think of three things specifically that he's done, what three things, more than anything else, has he done that's made the Villa the team that they are now? So three different things from each of you guys, if we could.
3: I think he's managed to re-educate us as a fan base. Um, and I think that was that was crucial. I think, you know, he's got a first-team squad of 25 professionals. Um, and obviously he's been able to get the message across to them quite quickly. But for us, and I've said it before, we were a a fan base who who felt a little bit down on our luck from knocking on the door of the Champions League 15 years ago um, to being halfway down the Championship. To get that kind of Villa Park vibe when always kind of, you know, the the two grumpy old men in the Muppets, is it Statler and Waldorf? I think, yeah, (laughs) myself as well, part of that. And sometimes it's kind of entertain us kind of thing. Um, so to get us to buy into what he's trying to do. And there's been, you know, the, I hate it when the defensive midfielder receives the ball on the edge of the box. My, my heart's still in my throat, but we've it's been successful more often than not, and we've given a couple of goals away, but we've also created lots of chances by building through and up the pitch that way. So I think that's that's a major thing, not just to say, trust me, but to show us, show us that it works and to do that so quickly. So that's that's number one.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can go number two, I think. And I'm going to steal a point that Matt's probably made a few times before in the past. So another one for Matt, really, if anything. But kind of being a Villa manager that talks up Aston Villa rather than doing the opposite and kind of going, oh, well, well we should, we could be doing this and we could be doing that. It's like, now we come here. We want Europe. We want this. We should be better. We always want to do better. And to have a manager that, almost kind of thinks in the same way that we do, that we believe we should be better than we are. I'd much rather that than a manager go, oh, well, we're kind of doing the best we are. The previous manager going, Chelsea should come to Villa Park and walk the floor with us. I don't want any of that. I want the manager to go, no, nah, we're the best team here and we can go and do something. So not really my own point there. That's two from Matt. So James, do you want to complete the hat trick with something else?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can. you can go into like the, the tactician that Emery is, but also I think what you shared the other day, what you saw on Twitter, and it's the the board is is that legit like the the board in the the the, t- the team talk I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen it but it is really it is really funny and <laughs> I don't say that and it, it doesn't make sense it makes perfect sense because I think there's an idea that a manager simply has to overload players with tactics, ideas, and philosophies. And Emery's really good at that. But at the end of the day, before the match, a lot of the instructions are really simple. It's communicate. And one of them was literally have fun. <laughs> and I think that really does define a big bit of Emery. He seems like an Aston Villa major. And I know this sounds so stupid. He's just having a lot of fun, doing well in his job. And I mean, even when it goes wrong, I feel like he's a manager who can simply look back at the bigger pitch and go, this is the direction we're going in. It might not be a linear progress, but we're still going the right way about it. And I think if you look at a few of the managers Villa had in the past, especially how they look, you know, the before and after of them starting the job, fun isn't a thing that happens at Aston Villa a lot. And I think believing in the players and reminding them that football is a game that they can play and have fun in and enjoy it, as well as the very serious side of it that he's excellent at, I think he's really, really liberal like that, and I like that. It's a great question. Um, next. Do you think as a group that having Gerard at the beginning of the season is a good thing? As in, if he was mediocre, I how bad he was, if he was mediocre, mid-table now, 14, 15, it was that bad, they had to get rid of him and got you, Ryan. do you think that's a good thing in the long run?
0: It's, it's almost a little bit similar to the losing the playoff final against Fulham, isn't it? That that was a good thing ultimately in the end, because if we got promoted that year with... Dr. Tony doing whatever he was doing, probably yeah. might have gone straight back down. So if it wasn't for Steven Gerrard's ineptitude as being a football manager, you know, Emery wouldn't have come, I suppose. So yeah, good thing in a roundabout way, I suppose. love to be on the journey that we're on with, with Dean Smith because we are
3: all massively invested in that for, for obvious reasons, but he needed to leave. Gerrard needed to come in. You know, this sounds a little bit kind of a theater poster, but thing, things happen for a reason. When it was time for Gerrard to go, we were just—I don't know whether luck is the word or whatever—but I think that to convince Emery to come when he's halfway through a project there, he must have seen something special. And I'm just glad that another three weeks, six months of Gerard didn't didn't make that proposition—you know—a job that, that nobody would want. We started this season in the summer, before the first 20 minutes against against Bournemouth we, we thought we were actually going to compete under Gerard. so I don't think it was all bad under Gerard. I think it turned bad fairly quickly um, but yeah I think, I think you're probably right I think we needed that to happen so we were in a, in a place where we needed rescuing in effect and we turned to the, the right man I think
4: Villa play a high line, uh, um, um, and I was watching match today uh, about a month ago. We caught teams offside 93 times. Um, We caught Brighton offside eight times. Uh, According to VAR, we would have been VAR, we would have been ninth in the league. Um, Do you think that Villa playing a high line without the goalkeeper? Uh, uh, Martinez, because he, he, he's a bit of a sweeper. Do you think the high line could be a problem with us? Because we we caught Liverpool out a few years, and back when we scored seven
2: goals. They caught a high line. Do you think this could be a problem for us in the future? I don't know if I'd say a problem because it's not in every game that Emery uses it, and it's not in every you know play either. It sometimes will. I suppose, catch opponents out using that. But then other times we'll go deep and then opponents will have to try and break us down in a low block. So it's I think it's honestly just having different tactics for different teams and different moments in the game. And I think that's really important. It's being flexible. And Emery is an elite manager. So what he does, I'm okay with. <laughs> but it is, um, yeah, especially with VAR and stuff, it is a bit sort of dangerous, I suppose you could say, because it's a bit nerve-wracking. Because it, you have VAR, so that's like a bit of a safety net of, oh, if he's offside, then it will be offside. But that doesn't stop when min Song goes in on goal in the 99th minute or whatever it was <laughs> against Tottenham. I think everyone you know held their breath. But I think it's working for us. The proof's in the pudding. We're winning games. More often than not, we're keeping clean sheets. We're catching teams offside. And it also, us playing that high line, we win the ball back higher up the pitch in their half. win the ball back in their half. We're close to their goal to score a goal. So... I think if you break it down, I think it's uh, a positive thing that we're playing a high line because we've got the players to do it as well. Mings and Conter can you know, turn back; they're quick for big, like for, for big defenders. So I'm, I'm okay with it. It's just a bit nerve-wracking, but it's fine.
1: With regards to Ashley Young, what's your opinion on that situation? I know you spoke about it earlier, but I'm I'm pretty sure your answer would be what we would all expect that because he came out on social media and said that he wanted to stay with the club uh, and now Villa have said that they're letting him go. Um, It kind of feels like, with the statistics that you said earlier of how Wally has played that's been obvious to us, that surely there might have been a discussion that they're going to bring somebody else in that's going to then be taking the main first place for that position, which is obviously what we would expect but that's always not guaranteed when you bring someone in and he's in that position at the minute doing such a great job. Would it not be, have been a good idea to just maybe try and come to an agreement to keep him there for that while he's doing such a great job with where he is at the moment? Yeah, I,
2: I totally agree. I, I saw it as a completely low risk decision to keep him on for another year obviously we're not privy to what was said in those conversations but i don't think Ashley Young would have been demanding to be playing half the games next season even though we will be playing potentially in excess of 50 just having him around the place in the dressing room and it's not just what he does in the first team he helps out with the academy he brings lads through when they're training with the first team he helps sign players for the academy as well sort of a similar role to what Jack Grudish was doing some years ago so he's like an ambassador for villa and i yeah i just thought do we especially when we play more games we're in europe we need that experience I, Thought it was, I'm not going to call it a mistake because again, if it's Emery's decision. Then I back it. But I just think oh, I question maybe why why we wouldn't want Ashley Young next season. You know, if he wasn't here for the last two years and he was available now, I'd be saying, oh yeah, bring him along. So yeah, that's just my opinion. I don't know what.
3: He's freaking nature, isn't he? Um, to do what he's doing at that age, I don't think I could walk down the stairs after playing five a side at that age. Uh, I think we've lived our lives differently. It's hard, isn't it? Because we invest a lot of sentiment. We we remember Ashley Young when um, Martin O'Neill signed him and he was you know a flying winger and all the good that he, he did back then. We hated him for a few years, didn't, didn't we? When he was diving and winning penalties against us at Old Trafford and then we've learned to, to love him again and, and justifiably so. I suppose if Ashley Young would have had that kind of season for, I don't know... A, a Brighton, a Brentford, a Spurs, or, or somebody, somebody around and about us in the table, and we were linked with him on a free this summer. Would we have felt the same kind of, you know, he's a great guy. Look what he did last season. Or are we clouded a little bit by our, our love of him because he's done it for us? And I think that's that's the difference at, at kind of top level sport that we've got. You know, we've got a, a manager and, and and a board of directors who can't really afford that kind of sentiment. I would have loved to have seen him there. I think he'd have been a good influence. Um, you know, I just love his... Um, is that the common parlance now that we say? <laughs> I just, I love that. I love how streetwise he is. I love how, how, how clever he is at, at, at seeing out time and and that kind of thing. And I think it's the, the dark arts that, especially if we're playing in Europe, I think a lot of the team could, could benefit from. Um, but, and you'll probably get this a lot from our answers. We. we we're in love with this, um, this Spanish fella, aren't we? We're in, we're in love with Unai Emery. So, we trust him until he gives us a reason not to trust him. You know what I mean? He's got—he's clearly got a bigger plan, um, and he'll probably pluck a right back out of the air that we've never heard of, who turn out to be brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think we'd have all liked to have seen him get get another year in a kind of player coaching role. I think.
0: Okay. Next was a guy over here. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um I'm Terry. Thank you. Hi. Stephen Gerrard signed 10 players for Villa, including the re-signing of Ashley Young. Mainly, it improved the subs bench. I wondered, with the extra games we'll be playing, which departments, which areas of the team, do you think Emery will strengthen? Even if you can't name specific players, which departments and how many in the next two transfer windows?
2: What I'd say straight away is that Emery wants to improve every department of the team, that won't happen in one window because that's overhauling the squad and that won't be happening this summer. I think obviously right back is a position where we have to improve now. We have one right back and Nedra Conce can cover, but Matty Cash isn't going to be playing all the games um, next season. So a new right back is probably the first one to say. I, I think for squad depth in general, you just need to add bits here and there, but Emery wants to add quality in those positions. So, you know, your Marco Asensio, for example, doesn't appear to be happening now, but that quality would then potentially push a Buendia or a Leon Bailey to the bench, maybe, or, you know, competition for places. One of those players is gonna be on your bench, and that's already a much stronger stronger bench than what it was against Brighton. Do that to the rest of your positions at centre-back and centre-midfield, then all of a sudden the bench is a whole lot stronger. I don't actually think there's huge surgery that needs to happen in the team, because these are the players who have got Villa to seventh, but also under Emery, have finished, what, third since he took over. And that's over the course of, what, 24 games? That's not just 10 games, you know, it's, you know, the last six games or the form guided. It's over like half the season or more. So those players deserve to be keeping their places, but with added quality around them. And that'll only help them moving forward. So my answer is a bit rubbish, but every position will be strengthened. It's just when it happens and when or what's most important to Emory in the summer.
1: Hi, you guys. Are you guys? Uh, just got a, two real quick questions. The first one's to follow on from the Ashley Young one. Do you reckon, we've obviously announced that he will finish with the club at the end of the season, but do you think we've let him down, not even offer him a coaching
2: role or anything like
1: that?
0: We talked about this, didn't we, on the video that we did last night, going, oh, we need to speak about Ashley Young because he's left. To me, it's a little bit of a an easy kind of FIFA football manager thing to go, player you like, comes to the end of the career, put him on the coaching stuff. I'm not sure whether that's always so realistic i don't even know whether ashley young is doing his coaching badges you will know but i kind of said to you <laughs> fair enough i said to you yesterday like emery has got however many coaches around him lots of them speak spanish to then kind of like plonk ashley young in there almost for the sake of it He's like does that make sense i'm not so sure Us fans yes give him more time see him on the bench like seems around the place is great but whether it's realistic for ashley young to be a coach with emory I, I don't know
4: i think if he wanted it yeah, but Absolutely. if Emory wants hundred, to, If he yeah, actually yeah. wanted it in, yeah, but I, I assume he wants to play
2: football. That's my and point. And it's a shame it's not a villa. To me, it's, a, it's still a Premier League footballer. I, I don't think he needs to be in, doing coaching. I don't know, Nottingham Forest, for example, I think could go a lot more wrong. Like, Ashley Young was brilliant for us, and we're in seventh. I think anyone below us should be taking Ashley Young, even Chelsea. So, <laughs> I, I think... It's, They want everyone, don't they? (laughs) I'd say it was too early for him to be thinking about retiring and I'm sure that's how he thinks as well. I don't know what his position is on him leaving Villa, whether he's really annoyed, disappointed, frustrated or angry or whatever. But I think there'll be a tinge of like, I really could have helped this team next year and I think it's a bit sad that he hasn't been able to show that. But again, Emery's king, so (laughs) his decision. Last season, uh, at the end of the season, we was all... Hoped about Gerard and let's bring on Europe next season, all that kind of stuff. Do you think we're getting a bit carried away now? Because obviously, I know you, Unai's come in; he's done a remarkable job. But are we get carried away thinking, oh, we're going to win you, a Europe Conference League, get into Europe. Or do you think we actually would we'll actually do it with Unai? Yeah, I
3: think that. we absolutely are getting carried away, and I'm I'm all for it. I love it, <laughs> I really do. Why why sh- why shouldn't we? Do you know what I mean? It's been it's been. <laughs> It's hard to be <laughs> You sound a bit like Delunes of Grandeur, I think, when we say it's been miserable in the last ten or twelve years, because there's these clubs that go out of business, you know, this clubs called Birmingham City, you know, this this there's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's lots of people. There's lots like, exactly, yeah. There's lots of people less fortunate than ourselves, but it has been pretty crap given what we've been used to, you know, these I don't know how old these three are. I'd probably had their ages together and to get somewhere near mine. But there's a, there's a generation of, of Villa fans who have seen us win, win absolutely sod all. You know, they've seen us win the playoff final. And I know oh Peace Cup was brilliant, actually. I had a, that was a good, Me and Ashley Young enjoyed that, I think. Um, but, you know, why shouldn't... You know, there's the thing wasn't the, the Jacob Ramsey clip, wasn't there, when there when the were thousands of us welcoming the... The team bus at Villa Park on um, on Sunday, only Conference League, and I think he meant it, it tongue in cheek. But I said this post match, didn't I? It's not just Conference League; it's almost kind of representing almost full circle from what we've gone. We 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 lost Europe 13 years ago, and it's been a long battle to get get back. So I don't think we're necessarily going to challenge for Champions League. Um, we will win the FA Cup next year, obviously. Cause <laughs> I'm contractually obliged to say that every year. Um, but yeah, we probably are. We probably are. But I don't I don't think we should apologise for it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I agree. Get carried away. What's the point? Otherwise, if you're not going to try and enjoy it. I said to you, John, before, when we were kind of planning the show, like I'm going to drop a wild shot in, in the show. and By the time I edit this in the next few days, I might decide to take it out. It might be the Guinness speaking. But I know the conference league is like, it's extra games, and that might affect league position, all that kind of thing. But I... I think we'll finish in the top four next year.
2: Sorry, just to put a there, second. then. So, if you're... Second,
3: unicycle. Okay, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> unicycle! Will you eat fire? If we finish in the top four... You've got to eat fire. I'll, I'll, the I'll ride the unicycle as well. That's
3: easy! I want you to eat fire! <laughs>
0: No, look, if we have extra games and we drop off in and we finish mid-table, but we get far in the conference league, that's obviously still a, a good season. If we win it, it gets you into Europe again, and that's still the aim. But there's nothing that I've seen under Emery that thinks, why can't we do what Newcastle have done? We we're only, like, 10 points away anyway this season, and given how crap we were under Gerard for the first 10 games, why can't Emery, like, you said, I think he was third in the league, Emery, I think he's actually second in 2023, 43 points I think we worked out these average points per game would get you 71, 72 points. I know it doesn't quite work like that, but in a normal season, that's probably fourth place. So, yeah, why not? Champions League.
1: It's a bit of a, a, bit of a silly question. If you could bring back one Villa player in one position, <laughs> and <laughs> not Ashley Young, who would it be? Greeleys? Yeah, uh, John
4: Carruth. He's a... Grealish off yeah, Watkins. i got Grealish is too easy. You can't just say oh, that and right. get claps, you know. Got put know some... I'm, I'm going to clap for that. I don't know. But... I'm going say it and see what happens, actually. Do you... You're the expert here, My
0: usual favourite,
3: and I'm going to get told off for not trying to get him on the pocket. David Platt. Yeah. I'll get, yeah. get Platt back. Um, he's my fave, isn't he? But I'm still too shy to try and track him down in case
2: he rejects me. Most of the players that I grew up with are still playing, so I can't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you think that Watkins can score 20 goals in a season, for example, and win a European trophy? Do you feel like Duran's ever going to be? I know he's shown little bits here and there, but doesn't get a lot of game time. Do you think he stays in the squad next season, or he goes out of the squad, goes out on loan, and Archer comes back in, or what's just your, your overriding thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know anything here, I wouldn't be surprised if Duran went out on loan somewhere. I mean, we said a lazy analysis before, like Vittoria, as an easy kind of go over there and play, That's for way our, too easy. play for our other club, go and do that instead. I'd like to see Cameron Archer back in and still be around it if we're going deep into the Euro- European competition. Ollie Watkins could score 20 goals, what, we spoke about it before, like, I don't think I don't think so. N- you don't think so? He scored 15 this birds. year, I know he got more. 15
2: this season, but he had a bit of a streak where he scored a lot of goals. I that
0: like Watkins.
2: Happen, I like his work rate, but I don't think he's a 20-goal-a-season striker that will win you European competitions.
0: I think when we get in the top four... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: In, in a better side, I think Watkins probably would score more than 15. Cause it, oh, there's a stat that he hits the post however many times. Like In theory, he could have got closer to 20, but... I, I get the point that he, he goes through these kind of fits and spurts of sometimes you think he's nowhere near it and other times he's unbeatable. If you kind of average that out as a, a better season, more consistent, maybe he gets close to 20, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, Watkins, Archer and one other maybe to come in as a three to compete on all fronts might be all what we need. I'm not sure about Duran. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out alone. loan.
2: Yeah, on Watkins, I, firstly, I don't think he needs to be scoring 20 goals a season. As Villa improve, they're going to have more players who are going to be capable of scoring, you know, double digits. I think Ramsey's nearing that. <laughs> to do for this, not many more. But as Villa, in- <laughs> as Villa improve, I think the load will be uh, it will, will be less reliant on Ollie Watkins basically, and his his first 12, you know, first 11 games scoring one goal under Gerrard. If you added that onto his, if he played another 11 games now, he'd be getting near enough 20. In his first season under Emery, in a team that is going to continue to improve it'll be interesting to see what happens with Archer as Uh Duran I really like actually but he's too raw at the moment to be relied on so I think a loan move would really suit him but Villa are going to keep improving I've always said I think you need to partner Watkins not take him out of the team and I think everyone knows he. Watkins is, is a good player and he gives loads to to the team and I just don't think he has to score that amount of goals for us to be in the top four, whatever. I just think adding players to the squad will help and that will help him. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I don't think he'll
4: score 20 because I hope, in my mind, there's a lot more goals coming from elsewhere. Simple as that. I mean, when you say not 20, maybe it's 17 or 15, which is still a brilliant return, as long as the goals come from elsewhere and the squad improves.
1: You've interviewed some great people on the podcast over the last few years, over lockdown and more recently. There's one... AVFC related person that you could interview to get their side of the story who would it be and why?
0: I was prepared for this question because I thought someone would ask it so I've, I've got at, at least two answers here probably three
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm probably going to steal yours um, a recent one that we're all talking about a lot is Ashley Young I think would be a great a great get to find out what happened at the end and it covers a lot of, of two very different eras under Villa as well <laughs> probably giving him a bit of a hard run for this podcast but Stephen Gerrard would be quite interesting <laughs> in some aspects, I guess. I don't know what he'd say, and I don't know what we'd say to him, but there's, there's a story there. Um, who was the other one I was going to say before? Dino, of course, yeah. And we got, we got so close, so close to getting Dino a few months ago, and then he got the Leicester job, and that all went up. And we thought, if he gets relegated and sacked, maybe we'll get him. So... He's done his bit. If he does get sacked, we'll try for him again, So I think he was keen, and he'd be a great one to have, um, and one we've talked about a lot, but he jumps from job to job, doesn't he, and barely has any time off, so if he does get sacked from Leicester, we've probably got about two days to get it done. So if we can, they'd be a couple of great ones, I think.
2: I, I would prefer to get to have someone that tells their side of the story, that the fan base might be a bit... Irked with. For example, Delph, as an example. I'd love to get Delph on... I think it'd be a great podcast. Just put it to him. You know, what was the story really like? And maybe there isn't, there isn't a whole lot to say. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I'd just i like to get the other side of some player's story rather than talk about the good times to everyone. Let's, let's sort of delve in the other way. And you know, Gerard Delph, those guys. No, Stephen Ireland. <laughs> I've no idea who else. A bit like
3: what John said as well in terms of giving people the right to reply. Like, Les Scott, you know, what went wrong? You arrived at Villa as a supposed Villa fan. And your head went and you know and your your back pocket started taking a life of its own sending tweets and all that kind of thing um so yeah just just those ones some of the ones who probably Became
0: villains as in villains with an eye rather than villains without an eye. The amount of emails I've sent <laughs> over the last couple of months to agents and stuff. It's like how much how much are you gonna pay him? It's like, uh, <laughs> don't know about that. It's like, oh he's not available then. So, okay. I must have sent thirty emails to different players and agents over the last couple of weeks and we had maybe two no's and twenty eight no replies at all. So we'd love to do more stuff like that, but it's so difficult to get somebody to give their time and like Alan Hutton recently the one you did with Ash was Unbelievable, like he covered so many different areas, like Ashley Young probably would as well. But to get them to give up their time and, and actually offer a decent showing as well is, is slim pickings to find people, but we want to try and do as much as we can.
1: We spoke about the depth of the first team squad moving forward, we've just touched on ownership and all that sort of stuff. I stood in the Holt suite some years ago with not personally with Christian Perslow, but he was in front of us at the time and he was banging on about the youth at Villa. Now, we've all
0: sort of touched base, I think, over the last couple of seasons with the youth at Villa, and we've all sort of championed their
3: causes. What happens now? It's hard, though, isn't it? What, do we do we see Aston Villa's academy? Yes, we do fundamentally. Why am I asking myself questions? Yes, we do fundamentally as a route to the first team, but equally, it's a system that, kind of washes its own face. It it, it creates footballers, it creates professional footballers, not necessarily for Villa's first team, but for other Premier League clubs, for the championship clubs and and, and so on. And getting into the Villa first team was difficult enough when we were halfway down the championship. Now, if we've got... if Dan's promised us tonight that we're going to finish in the top four. If we're going to get... If we're going to compete at that... Part of the table you're not going to get people just walking straight out of our academy and playing playing at that level and don't forget that academy has produced jack greelish and now jacob ramsey which are probably two of the best homegrown products we've produced for a generation now we don't want to sell jacob ramsey we've made 100 million from jack greelish which christ knows how long that keeps the, the academy functioning for i can't imagine that was in their targets and in their projections when they you know setting the budget year on year so I think sometimes we're greedy as football fans, we want our team to be competing at the top level you're not always necessarily going to do that with people within a kind of 50 mile catchment area of of, of Villa Park.
1: Quite a serious question, I just wanted to ask if you had to spend the rest of your life on a desert island, which Villa player would you spend it with and why?
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm going to be very boring here in Satoru Mings in that Maybe, maybe he'll teach me something.
3: <laughs>
0: like, I, I could imagine he would like be able to light a campfire and forage yeah. for food yeah. and stuff, and I could kind of sit back and relax and... Tire, can we
3: have, can we have a bit of fan in. rather than a bit of play? Can we have Tom Hanks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll throw it back. Who would you? Emmy Martinez. Now, I don't want this to sound wrong, but I think he's really good with his hands, so he would be able to be able to do something <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, as it making fires and stuff. That's, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you <laughs> know.
0: Yeah, he'd look after me.
1: Thought so I'd put a...
4: <laughs> but i qualify that, you know. I think if I'm on a desert island, the chances for like, long-term survival are pretty bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> Gabby. Gabby <laughs> a Bonahol, because I think yeah. every day would just be a blast watching him try and make a fire. But how do you... Like cracking... A, getting a crab and trying to prepare the crab like we'd be dead four days but best four days of my life yeah four. go on
1: so I was watching um, Sevilla win the Europa League last night and obviously they won on penalties so it just got me thinking given this could be a possibility next year like if Villa to be in a penalty shootout who would your five picks be for those ones given that you've just said that we don't we're not blessed with penalty takers so we'd be interested
0: Uh, Again, that's another great question, because I don't know if we've got anyone to take a penalty. Douglas Lewees, maybe. Um, John McGee nod back to blast one in with his left peg. And three new signings.
4: (laughs) Two really quick questions. First one, uh, would you start Messi above Bailey next season? Uh, And then secondly, for Matt,
3: why are you a Villa fan and your dad's a Wolves fan? Do you want to answer the Messi one first and I'll answer the other Messi one
0: second? Yeah. I think you'd give him a run in it for his money when he and the team. Messi, everybody, i I'll, I'll give him a go, I think. Go on, then. Why? have you, why I've you being asked
3: that. I thought I was going to ask why, why are you dressed as Pierluigi Colina, first of all. I thought that I thought that, <laughs> that was going to be the one I'd have to swerve. Dad's a Wolves fan and he took me to Modern U, probably when I was about... You'll have to correct me on this on the way home, Dad. When I was about six or seven, and it was absolute. It was an absolute tip. There was uh, a dirt bank behind the goal, and uh, I, uh, I might have made this up. I remember going in, and we were about ten minutes late. And the bloke on the turnstile said, "I'm not going to charge you to go in there, mate. It's crap. Just, just good luck." <laughs> we went there, and I didn't didn't fancy it much. And then um, Dad used to be a, a bus driver. He used to run the match day service from West Brom Town Centre to the Hawthorns and he used to get free comps to go in there and because his wolves didn't want to go in, he'd give them to me. One of my happiest football memories was I was in the um, the end when Albion lost 4-2 to Woking Um, and it was brilliant. So that that never caught on either. And then um, the thing that made me fall in love with Villa was there used to be a a brass band who used to play before the games and Dad dad knew the the conductor or somebody involved with the brass band. And he took me to Villa Park, BRMB versus Villa Old Stars on a Wednesday night. I think he told me I've got to get a haircut or something. Um, Those were the days. And and it was just traditional, typical, clichéd, floodlit game, walk down, see the pitch, see that green rectangle. From then on kind of badgering him to take me back, take me back all the time. Uh, Must have been about 200 people inside Villa Park that night, so it wasn't the kind of roar of the crowd. Um, But yeah, we were chatting earlier at the table about when it was my my first proper season of being aware of Villa, and I think it was 86-87 when we got relegated, so I must have been a, a kind of glutton for punishment. But since then... Dad's an adopted villain, so there's a happy ending to the story. He's a season ticket holder now. Sometimes when we... I wasn't there for the Wolves game last season when they scored in the last minute. I hear bad things about my dad's conduct. Um, <laughs> but normally he's fairly, fairly well on, on message and, and behaves himself. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we're a, we're a harmonious, loving Aston Villa family now, aren't we, Dad? Aren't
0: we? <laughs> <laughs> right, last one.
1: I just want to get your opinion on um, we spoke about two of the three players that were supposed to replace Grealish you guys have spoken quite a lot on Buendia and on, um, on Ings who's obviously gone. Uh, you kind of mentioned Bailey, but and wondered do you guys think he's lived up to the price tag this season? Um, personally I don't, I don't think he has, might be a bit controversial but and any of you guys wondered what you thought on, on him at performance this season, what you thought.
0: I want to like Leon Bailey and I want him to do well because he plays for Villa, but I just I don't really see it I don't think I don't I don't see it working out and if anyone's watched the podcast every week I'm sure I've said at one stage that I don't think he'll even be here next year that might be changed now that we've got Europa Conference League because there's more games there's more opportunities but his injury problems is a, is a problem I don't know whether he can be relied upon but Emory gave him a run of games of playing what was it like 11 in a row or something he was starting at one stage so if Emery sees something I'll echo what we've said before and if he thinks there's something there I'll agree with that but I'm yet to see enough from Leon Bailey to think that he's a 30 million pound player that will propel the up the league. I think we can do better.
4: I think Leon Bailey on his day is very fun. Yeah, but how often does that day does not come around very often? That day is once, once the you know blue moon essentially. But I feel like recently, and I mean with with the the amount of games next season, he's likely still a part of the squad. I feel like he benefits from an improvement or an additional recruitment coming in. And the wings, just to just to amplify that rotation, I think Emery actually genuinely wants. Give it, you know, he was meant to come in and be one of the three guys to replace Jack Grealish. Not not possible in my eyes. It was very possible to us all when we were listening to what was being said at the time. Um, the three players from the three distinct qualities. I don't think that came to uh, that came to pass, and I think we have to readjust our expectations regardless of the price tag and what was said.
0: Thank you very much for coming here tonight. We, we appreciate all your support tonight and throughout the season. Thank you to Matt, James and John for answering all your questions in the first half. We'll get a massive round of applause for these three, please. <laughs> If you've been watching this on YouTube or Spotify, leave a comment and subscribe and that kind of usual stuff. But thank you to the 300 or so people that have come out here tonight and, and come to see us. It's been really, really good, and we'd love to do this kind of thing more. There's still there's obviously people saying, like, oh, enjoy your summer break. We don't want really to get a summer break. We'll be back doing videos pretty much all the way through. So uh, we'll be back doing more stuff. Hopefully we'll do another live show midway through next season, if, if we can. That would be lovely. Uh, but, yeah, thank you very much for coming in. A big round of applause for, you, for yourselves as well.